0: How many of you have ever watched The Family Feud? Let me see you your hand, have you see, Yeah, a number of you. It never ceases to amaze me how people get so excited when they win their points, where you see men and women, they start jumping up and down and dancing, and they hit decibels unknown to man in their, In their excitement, and as if you could see that basketball game, that's very typical, uh, oftentimes, especially in college, uh, where uh, there's such an excitement that goes on, where there's such a, a, a celebration and a praise that go on. I want to talk to you today about praise. Listen to a very familiar passage of scripture that is read on this day every year. Matthew chapter one, 21, excuse me, uh, beginning in verse one. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem They came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and he threw and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting. Everybody say shouting, shouting, praise God. For the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So if we've just read, Jesus was entering Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey. And he did that to fulfill prophecy. Now for those of you who might be new to your Bible, let me explain. that prophecy is a foretelling of the future. It is something that you declare today that's going to take place sometime in the future. And God historically has raised up men and women that were called prophets or prophetess. And they would foretell what was going to happen in the future. And Jesus riding into Jerusalem was actually a fulfillment of a prophetic word spoken by a prophet named Zechariah. In Zechariah, in his book, chapter nine, verse nine, it says, "Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem! Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous." and victorious, yet he is humble riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so Jesus... Coming into Jerusalem, riding on this uh, donkey's coat was the fulfillment of that. And notice, as he's entering Jerusalem, the people now uh, begin to shout praises to him. They, they, They publicly shouted their praises to the measure that the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Think about the city of Chicago, an event taking place here on Belmont Avenue to the, and, and there's so much shouting and praise going on that the entire city of Chicago gets stirred up. That's what took place that day. And every... Week, as Pastor Joy mentioned, uh, this day that we have affectionately called Palm Sunday launches what we also call Holy Week. It is from this day to next Sunday, which is Easter, or more importantly, Resurrection Sunday. And so today, Palm Sunday, and we use the word palm because, again, there were branches that were cut off. They were believed to be from uh, palm trees. But the important thing is I want you to see is that this biblical account launches Holy Week. And now the question that I started considering as I was preparing for this day was, is this just a tradition that you and I should engage in because it's what we've always done? It's what was religiously expected? Or is there something important here that we all need to be reminded of this morning? The importance of, listen, listen, public praise and the potential that it has. Now, let me give you a a few thoughts about public praise that are going to help us understand something this morning. Number one, listen, we're exhorted, or if I could use the word commanded, to publicly praise the Lord. We're exhorted to do that. Now, again, to make sure that we're all on the same page, by definition, when I talk about public praise, which is the title of this message, I'm talking about praise that is shouted, that is loud enough for the public or others to hear. Public praise, praise that is shouted and it's loud enough for others to hear. Public praise. And you and I are exhorted, commanded to praise God publicly. Listen to the 47th Psalm, verse one. Come, everyone. Come on, say everyone with me. Come on, one more time. Everyone. Everyone. Come, everyone. Clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. Come, everyone everyone means you, means you 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 who are watching me online everyone means every human being that breathes the breath of life everyone come on turn to your neighbor tell them everyone means you everyone is exhorted to publicly praise God, to shout loudly God's praises. In the 66th Psalm, in verse one and two, again, shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. The 100th Psalm, the first verse, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. These again, just a few verses from the Bible. And notice this time it says all the earth, all the earth includes you. Come on, turn to your name one more time. All the earth includes you. So it doesn't matter who you are. We are all exhorted. We are commanded to shout the praises of the Lord, that public praise praise that is loud enough for the public or others to hear. Now, why would God command that so? Why does God ask us to praise him publicly? And why should we? Well, notice in Zechariah, it's insane to shout. Why? Because your king, the one who is righteous and victorious, is entering in. Because the one who has conquered death with his sacrifice on the cross is coming in. Because of the one who is victorious over sin, breaking the power of sin. Public praise. Because through him, you and I experience victory over sin. Because you and I, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, know what it is to, to see sin's power broken in our life. And we are set free. And therefore, we are called, we are exhorted, commanded to publicly praise the Lord. Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. Now, having said that, when the gospel, uh, Luke, he recorded the same incident, but right as that is unfolding, listen to what happens. Luke chapter 19 now, I'm going to read two verses, verse 39 and 40. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers." Why am I reading that? I have discovered as I've served God as a pastor now almost 40 years, that there will always be some who don't want people to get excited about praise. There will always be those who think getting crazy for Jesus is a bit fanatical, improper. Remember David, when he was, King David, when he was entering Jerusalem with the ark of the Lord and he was dancing before God, but yet his wife was watching him and called him even a fool for acting the way he was acting. And David said, I have no problem acting like a fool for God. See, there will always be those who will try to silence our public praise. Saying that it's improper to shout. We don't shout in God's house. That kind of public display is unacceptable. There'll always be those to do that. And I also want you to realize something that G- what Jesus, how he replied, is if they don't shout, the rocks will. In other words, God's going to get his praise. The question is, are you going to give it or do the rocks have to give it? I can't verify this biblically, but I can share with you just my humble opinion. I believe that God has created a rock that has every one of our names on it. There's a rock with your name on it. There's a rock with your name on it. God has a rock with your name on it. And what God is saying, if, rock, if you don't praise me, your rock will. I don't know about you, but I'd rather praise God than have my rock praise God. (laughs) Now, I thought about this. Why would God's people struggle to publicly praise God? Why does that happen? Why is it that we can get demonstrably praiseful about other things, and yet struggle about doing that for God. Yes. I think it's twofold. First of all, I think we're embarrassed to do that. That's the reason why some of us don't like to invite friends or family to church. Well, you know, my church can get a little bit crazy. And I'm hoping, uh, I've invited them uh, uh, today and I hope they don't get a little too crazy today. See, because then I get embarrassed to be among that kind of a crowd. Some of us get embarrassed at the very thought of lifting up our hands. I can't do that. Yet, when the Bears f- finally, after three games, score a touchdown, yes! <laughs> Their hands go up. embarrassed. We can get to a point where we're ashamed to publicly praise God. And I thought about that. On Family Feud, those people are on television for everybody to see in America. Millions of people are watching them. And yet, they score a point. They haven't won anything. They just got some points and they're like, ah! They haven't won anything. And the guys are right there. Ah! They come to church on Sunday. I don't do that stuff. That's not me. Sure as you. It amazes me how, in sports, as fans, we publicly have praise our team when they're doing well, even though we personally don't get anything from it, right? Your team wins, the Super, the Bears win the Super Bowl. Oh my God! What did you get? Oh my God, you get nothing but oh my We get so worked up and have no problem looking ridiculous for something for which we gain nothing for or from. And yet every day, every day you wake up, every day I wake up, I've already experienced God's mercy. Every day. I experience God's grace where he does for me things that I don't deserve. Every day, his precious blood washes away my sin. Every day, he leads me by his spirit and reveals the wonderful plan for my life. So why should I be ashamed or embarrassed to publicly praise him? He has done everything for me and continues to do everything for me. He has promised never to leave me, never to forsake me. He has promised to provide all that I have ever needed and will need. He is a faithful God. So why shouldn't we publicly, joyfully praise the Lord? am not being sensational when I say this. I believe the, the, the event with the loudest cheering and praise should not be in a sports arena, but it should be in church. In church. We, the people of God who know what it is to have our sins forgiven, who know what it is to experience joy and life eternal, we, the people of God, should be the loudest, if you will. Should have no problem lifting up our voice and praising God. When we gather together, whether it's on a Sunday or a Wednesday prayer meeting or a youth meeting or wherever it might be, it should be the loudest event to take place. It should get to the point where the neighborhood wonder what is going on in that place, Because the people are so loud. The, why, why are they praising God so much like that? And here's what I thought of when it comes to that. If you are not excited to praise God publicly, then why should your outsaved loved one want Jesus? If you are ashamed of Jesus, why would they want the Jesus you're ashamed of? Yeah. If you find it difficult to praise the one who has done so much for you, then they'll like, "Why should I want your God then?" In other words, brothers and sisters, this leads me into my second point, because the, the first point is about, about the, the commandment and the exhortation to publicly praise God. The second one is public praise has the potential to impact hearers. The city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Because of the public praise. And that word uproar means to be rocked, means to be stirred. Man, everybody was all going on. What in the world is happening? Why is all this praise going on? Let's get the Channel News, uh, Channel 7 News, uh, WGN, they're all coming. What in the world is going on there? The city was emotionally moved by what they heard. And that's not the first time something like that has happened. It would not be, excuse me, the first time. In fact, turn to the book of Acts if you have your Bible, and let's look at the day that we call Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Let's go, keep going on. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the what? Come on, say, they heard the what? <laughs> Loud noise. Everyone, come on, say everyone. Everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear people speaking in our own languages about what? The wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. So you get the picture now. They were all gathered together. And the Spirit of God was poured out upon everyone that was in that place, in that house. And as the Spirit of God came upon them, they were gifted with Speaking in an unknown language, a language they did not know. It would be as if I was now gifted to start speaking in Russian or Japanese, which I don't know. And as I'm speaking it, I am actually declaring how wonderful God is and the wonderful things. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in an unknown language, but what they were saying were actually praising praises to God. So now, what happens from there? They get into the point where they actually leave the house and they're outside. And the praise continues. And all of a sudden, all of Jerusalem is coming. And all these different people from different cultures, they're hearing their native tongue being spoken by one of the Christians. And they're hearing the praises of God. And they're wondering what in the world is going on. You see. Public praise. It moved the very heart of the people once again in Jerusalem that day. Listen, our public praise, whether here or at home, or just out in the street has the potential to move the hearts of hearers. You see, we have bought a lie, many of us. We think that public praise turns people off. But we don't realize the only people that public praise turns off are the religious people. But people who are hungry for truth, who are seeking for something that is missing in their life, are drawn when praise is publicly lifted up honoring Jesus Christ. And when that happens, here's my third point. Public praise can open a door for the gospel. In other words, Both when Jesus entered Jerusalem and now here in the book of Acts, there's public praise going on. People are unashamedly worshiping and praising Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden now, the whole city is stirred and it prompts those that are hearing to ask the question. When Jesus came, they all said, who is this person? Listen, Your public praise can open the door for the gospel, For in other words, the good news, for you to share with people the good news. Why? I see you at your desk. I hear you. Why do you praise God like that? Let me tell you why. See, people want to know. And it gives you an easy open door to communicate what Jesus Christ has done for you and why it is that you have no problem publicly praising him so. What does this all mean? People are curious to know. Public praise of Jesus Christ can provide a way for you and I to tell the hearers why we're not ashamed to bless his name. Pastor Jason, if you would come with the worship team. Brothers and sisters, this word that God has put in my heart is for all of us to be remindful, reminded of the fact that we have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. Every single day that God gives you breath, you have a decision to make. Listen to me. Are you going to praise God that day or is your stone going to cry out? I used to be, as a young Christian, very hesitant to praise God publicly. In fact, I would never, ever say the word hallelujah out loud because When I was a teenager and not walking with Jesus, I used to make fun of Christians. I used to call them, those are hallelujah people. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I know I'm the only wicked person here. (laughs) But I used to ridicule the Christians. And then when I became one, I still didn't get to that point where I would sing, I would praise God respectfully, but there was something in me that just didn't want to say that word. Even though the word hallelujah means the highest praise to God. Not just praise, the highest praise to God. And I also struggle with lifting up my hands, which the Bible exhorts us to do as a sign of worship and praise. And I felt, this is respectful enough, This is acceptable. And you can still do that and say, this is acceptable. Or you can choose today to recognize, why am I holding back from the one who has done so much for me? Why am I holding back from the one who continues to do so much for me, even though there are times where I'm not at my best as a Christian. He still loves me. He's still merciful to me. I made a decision one day and you know how I made it. I walked into a church and the people all around me, just like in the beginning of our worship service, they were all praising God excitedly. Some were even weeping with tears of joy and I stood there and for the first time in my life, this thought came to me. God, I don't love you the way they do. Because if I did, I wouldn't have any problem praising you the way they're praising you. And that day, I made a decision that will no longer hold back my praise. That would no longer be ashamed lift up my hands that I would no longer hold back my hallelujahs and I gotta tell you such a freedom came into my soul that day that I've never looked back by the grace. I've never looked back, never been ashamed anymore. I don't care if I'm the only one singing hallelujah. I don't care if I'm the only one lifting my hands. I am going to bless and magnify the one who loved me and demonstrated that love by dying for me on the cross of Calvary. I will forever give him my worship. I will forever give him my praise. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. The more you see him as being worthy, the easier your praise will flow. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me encourage you to stand with me right now.